it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast where on tonight's show we're going to be looking back at yet another defeat in the Premier League, this time away at West Ham. Joining me for that miserable task, you probably sense in my voice that I'm not in the happiest of moods. I have had a bit of time to kind of come down from the result though, so I wasn't as head lossy as I was yesterday or straight after the game on Monday. But anyway, joining me for the task, Callum, how are you mate? Not great, I'm not going to deny it, but anyway, never mind. We'll touch upon that later. We will, we will. Dan, how are you? Apart from Brentford, I'm all right. Good stuff. Craig, all good? Massively disappointed, mate. This is going well, isn't it? <laughs> it's not going to be the most light-hearted podcast. It's the first time we, I think this is the first time we've had all four of us on at the same time. I thought it would be a good one to do. So we can get a little, well, we can balance out Callum's ridiculous statements with some sense from the rest of us. So, uh, yeah, just just before we get going, guys, remember to comment down below with your thoughts ahead of, uh, not ahead of, about the West Ham game and ahead of the Chelsea game and now the ever more daunting relegation picture. Subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channels and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Elam Road on Twitter and at Elam Road Pod on Instagram. I hadn't found, I was going to do Tweet of the Week, right? But I was bookmarking stuff earlier. And I thought, because of, because of the nature of what this podcast is going to be, I think it's going to be as negative as it gets with us. So I didn't want to add any more negativity into the rundown just because it's, it's going to be bad. So Tweet of the Week will be back. There were some funny ones floating about um, some people having some opinions about some players, but we'll, we'll get onto that. And Tweet of the Week will be back, hopefully, with a more lighthearted one next week. We'll get straight into West Ham. Callum, I want to come to you first, mate. Two goals down in the first five minutes. How are where you do we, oh, where <laughs> do we where do we even start honestly I just oh you know what what after the Wolves game you set you know we we played such a such a game to, to frustrate Wolves we kept a clean sheet I thought do you know what we're gonna kick on here um we did very well at, against man City only conceded one goal again played a very good type of football to frustrate them what do we do? We screw that all up in the first five minutes against West Ham United. I, I have no explanation whatsoever. I don't mind. I really don't. I rarely come on a moan as much as this, but this is this. I'm pissed off, honestly. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. The first one was bad. The second one was even worse. And the third one, I don't even know what's going on. And the fourth one, well, fair enough. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll go through it goal by goal. And I don't want to spend too long on the goals because I don't think there's much to say for any of them. But any any complaints with the first one, Dan? I mean, Onyeka goes down. It was a little bit soft for me. I know there were some complaints from the fans. And we'll get on to the ref's performance in general because there were some clangers. But any complaints, Dan, with the, with the first one? Uh, not, not in terms of there being a foul. No, I'm not having that. We should have done better. better. Um, I think, obviously, it's so disheartening to turn up to a game and, you know, three minutes on the clock, we're 1-0 down. 
And I think that's part of the frustration. Um, yeah, I think we just gave Bowen too much space for the whole mm. game. Uh, we we never seem to pick it up. We never seem to learn from it. We, um, I mean, it, it was a decent finish the first one. Um, I don't think it was as bad as the second and third. But if you're going to give anyone of that quality space, um, you know, he's going to punish you in the box, and that's where we failed. Um, not for the first time. Yeah, I think Thomas Frank said in his post match that Bowen was unplayable. Don't get me wrong, he was really good and he's a fantastic player. He is really, and I think he'll go on to go to one of these top six clubs and it may be in, in contention for the Euros. However, he hadn't scored in, I think it was like seven games. West Ham hadn't scored in three games. They've lost all of their games in, uh, they've lost or drawn all of their games in 2024. Second goal, Craig, for me, it's, oh, it's Jensen, right? And I want to talk about Jensen just bigger picture for a second because he since he's been injured I don't since he's come back from his injury I don't think he's been the same player and he's so poor defensively if you watch that second goal back he's running back I think I don't know if it's him that gives it away but it comes out to Bowen who works out to Kudus and he just runs towards the ball with he's not he's not looking where Bowen's gone he's just running straight at the ball with no direction in his in his running and he pulls it back and Bowen's there to tap it in it's his he, and he was so good offensively at the start of the season. He was making everything ticket for us in midfield. But there's just a massive hole in his game defensively, which is why we are forced kind of to play Onyeka and Yanel. But what do you, what do you think of the second goal, Craig? I, I've, I've kind of purged the first six minutes of that game <laughs> in my memory, if I'm being totally honest. I don't even want to remember it. The, the, the ability for players of opposition teams to find untold amounts of space in our penalty area when playing a back five and two defensive midfielders is a joke. It's embarrassing and it should not be happening. It should not be happening. In my opinion, I know we're going to go on to it, but the third goal is the worst of the lot. It's the mm. worst of the lot. But to be able to, to pick the ball up on our on our six, on the edge of our six-yard box or between our penalty spot and six-yard box, with no one, with no one six feet round him, is a joke of a of a defensive performance. It's just, it's, I don't have any words really because it was just so bad, so bad. Let's uh, let, let's get through the goals, Callum. I'll come to you with the penalty shout because we we need to mention that. Um, it's gets worse every time you look back at it. And I, I saw you tweet something as well, Craig, about how if it's not given in another game, we can't expect it to be given in this one. But again. Like, uh, who was it against? The, the Was it against City or someone at home when it was just a clear-cut penalty and you're looking at so it in the VAR room? That's the one that I was referring to um, yeah. when Robertson ran straight through the back of Ivan Tony. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool, and we didn't get it then. And that, that's what I was referencing. Go on, Callum. <laughs> no, I agree. I was building up there. I completely agree. And do you know what? We don't even get an apology from Dermot Gallagher this week because, of course, the game was on a Monday night. You know, a carbon copy to exactly the week before. And, and you know, you're getting a, a former referee coming out. Now, of course, he's not got very much to do, obviously, now with what goes on in the background. Howard, That's Howard Webb's job. But we're going to get the same nonsense from Howard Webb on his little show this week, saying the penalty should have been given. He's got to the ball first. You know, he's taking him out. What are these? Okay, if the referee's not giving it, the referee had an incredibly poor game. Incredibly. Again, I say it most weeks on this channel. 
what are these referees even doing? Start bringing in referees from abroad. They're useless. They're bloody useless. And the linesmen as well. They're bloody useless as well. But um, no, honestly, he didn't even look at it. Did they look at it? I didn't see anyone look at it. I don't know. There's, there's, it, there's people just... in the VAR room and they're looking at that and not saying it's a clear and obvious error. But, you know, we can talk about referee decisions. There was another one in the second half, which wasn't a penalty, but Onyeka skips past one, skips past another and just gets wiped out in front of the lino and in front of the ref and they don't give my, it. It's just like... My point is exactly, Mike. That's exactly what I'm saying about assistant referees. And I've been saying it ever since I saw the GPG uh, find the exact incident Mm. What is the bloody point of assistant referees in the Premier League with VAR? I don't see the point. They stand around and you've got a blatant flipping decision like that in front of you. Give your blood, get your flag up, son. Do the bloody job you're employed <laughs> to do. Honestly, it's embarrassing. You look at the GPG. I mean, flipping it. Trevor's got it spot on. I mean, you know, the, the, it's clear and obvious. And he's yeah. just the referee. The linesman's just standing there and just saying, "Well, there's nothing wrong with it." Like, yeah. well, the referee's going to have to give it, you know. And yeah. it's not the yeah. only time this season that's happened. Countless times, these bloody officials can't be bothered to put their flag up. There's no point. You may as well get some guy off the street and do it instead. Honestly, they're just pointless. It's like this. It's like the stupid offside rule, where if it's tight, they shouldn't put their flag up. In my opinion, I know the why they do it because of VAR, but in my opinion, it's a stupid idea. And it actually puts players' safety at risk more than than it is completely necessary. Because just just to use use uh, Van Dyke's injury against Everton as an example, when he got when he done when he busted his knee, where he he completely offside gets absolutely fucking clattered by Jordan Pickford and is out for so long. If the Lino just puts his flag up at the right time, instead of this stupid delay rule that they've in... in, in well, I don't know what bloody word I'm looking for. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> they've, they've implemented, that would have never happened. And the amount of players and goalkeepers that we see get hurt because of that stupid delay rule now where the phase of play has to finish is fucking bullshit. And it's a <laughs> bad idea. Mine, this episode's going well tonight. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> let's 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 steer clear I'm of so the, so let's, let's steer clear of the ref chat because we. I thought the Robertson end. one was worse than that one. I thought, yeah, the Robertson one's worse. When they the, the, the GPG are, are are lapping this up, by the way, they're they're eating it on on Twitter as much as they can. But that freeze frame of Kudos's shoulder right between the numbers on Regulon's back is just baffles me. It baffles me how they didn't even look at it. It baffles yeah. me. It's let, let's let's come on. Let's let's go back. Let's go back to the game because I know we can we talk about refs and there's nothing fucking the, positive in the game to talk about either. <laughs> no, no. Uh, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is we've lost the game and it's not to do like you could have said maybe we got a penalty in and maybe it's a different game, but we didn't. So let's let's move on. Dan looked like we were building some momentum in the second half. Not really too many clear cut chances to shout about. I think Tony had like a mistimed diving header that you probably should do better with, and we'll talk about Tony's performance in general. But just as we're building momentum. Awful, 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 awful defending. We give Kudos space on the right-hand side. No communication between Ayer and Norgard. And you leave Bowen, who's already scored twice, with the freedom of the six-yard box. And, of course, he's going to bury it. But it's just... It's 
And we'll, it's, it's to do with the format. I think it's to do with the fact that we're playing five at the back and we're conceding these goals every week is is criminal. John, but just just your so your John, view your view on that your view on that third goal, Dan. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, we can talk about decisions and stuff, but at the end of the day, if we're going to be conceding the goals we're conceding in certain games like this, um, you're not going to win any game because mm-hmm. you know three of those goals were quite poor to concede. And honestly. I don't, yeah, I don't really rate the five at the back, especially against these sorts of teams. I don't know why we've, well, I do know why we've gone back to it because we was obviously struggling a lot. But I think now we've got a front three that we could probably use um, with Wissa back now as well. He can play on the wing. And obviously I think Lewis Potter, who had a great game, but is better on the wing. He's not a mm-hmm. wing back. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I also think with the centre-backs we have, I'm... If, if a month or two ago, I probably would have said that that's one of the areas where we have the strongest depth. But I think obviously losing Pinnock's massive. He's probably the only one who's in his complete prime. Um, and, you know, we can honestly say he's one of the better centre-backs in the league. But um, obviously Collins, too many mistakes in him. Aya is injury-prone himself. And I don't think he's fully at his potential yet. And then I think, Probably quite surprisingly, Ben Mee has dropped off quite a bit this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Zanka as well is in a similar position to Ben Mee. And I thought at times as well, I just thought they're, they're so slow. Yeah. Like, on, either, on either side of the front of the back three, they were, they were just so slow. And I just mm-hmm. thought, yeah, I, I think back four, back four. It, re- it returns to that point that we've made and spoken about a couple of times about Collins, where he either has a really good game. Or a really bad game because he was good at Wolves, bad against Liverpool, good at City, bad against West Ham. It's yeah. it's he has no consistency as a footballer, which is why he's been dropped. Well, I mean, well, the fact that he's been dropped, I think, is quite a bold a bold move from Frank, to be honest. Because of all the mistakes that he has in him, he's so much better on the ball than Zanka. Like the amount of times Zanka will have space and give it away with a wayward pass into midfield. He does it all the time, whereas Collins has a bit more composure. But it's just the, the fact that he's dropped him because he's had a few clangers and he, he's he's dropped for City and then dropped to West Ham. I was just surprised to see that. But whilst whilst we're on the formation, let's talk about it. Craig, I saw you tweet about the fact that we should have been in a back four and maybe it's one of these results, unlike the other ones in February, that we can put a bit of blame on Thomas Frank. I would have had a look back for our lineup in the reverse fixture. We played four at the back, Christopher Ayer at right back. Nathan Collins, Ethan Pinnock, Vitaly Yano at left back, Onyeka, Norgard Jensen, same midfield, and we had Mbumo, Morpé, and Wisser up top. You've just mentioned Lewis Potter there, Dan, and it's like, why why can't we go to West Ham and play four at the back when we've got Lewis Potter and Wisser, we've got Ivan Tony, we've got Neil Mopé to come on and cause havoc in place of one of those, but we've decided to go defensive and set up in a five and still concede awful goals like this, Craig. Do you know it's just, it, it just frustrated me because I wanted to go back because I couldn't remember if we could actually, if we actually played a five when we beat them three two. But then I saw it again, and then I saw the lineup, and it's even more infuriating because it's not too dissimilar from the options we've got available now. It's not even like we don't have the personnel. I know we've still got a, a handful of players out with injuries, but we've got the players to be able to actually play a back four. Mm-hmm. And it, and and the, I still don't. I I've been critical of Roslev recently. I'd be critical of him. But in no way in my head should a, a winger be playing right back ahead of an actual defender. Shouldn't be happening. 
Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be happening. And yeah, I did tweet before the game saying, I know it's down to player performances out on the pitch, but he got that completely wrong. That was never, 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 never a back five game. Never a yeah. back five game. They were they were there for the taking defensively. The frailties that they had and the chances that we created, but we just couldn't put them away, shows that if we had gone with a back four, that game never finishes 4-2. And yeah. the two goals flatter us, by the way, in my opinion. Fact check, someone in the comments let us know when the last time it was that we actually played a back four because I'd be intrigued to know because I kind of I can't remember off the top of my head. It's probably around the Luton game or something like that. I'm, all, <laughs> the I'm, also, I'm also curious. I'm also curious just the last time we played two back lines that were exactly the same in back to back consecutive games. Yeah. I bet Could've it could have been could have been City Wolves, you know. Because <laughs> Collins got dropped, didn't he? He was dropped for City as well, was he not? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. But um, listen, I think there's a few things to unpick. I want to touch on some players before I want to talk about a broader question about momentum that we mentioned on the last podcast. Um, Reggion, lots of fans jumping on his back. Not his his worst game so far in a Brentford shirt, but it just annoys me that he's, he's somehow being scapegoated because I think he's come in and there's a lot of hype around him and he's played for Real Madrid and we've signed him on loan from Tottenham, but they. Brentford fans have got short memories because he was our best player at Wolves. He was one of our best players at City and people are still saying he's shit. But it's like, Craig, he has, he has what, what did you make of his performance? I'm keen to hear your take on this. Uh, Callum, sorry, not Craig. You've, you've just spoken, Craig. You shush for now. <laughs> yes, be quiet, Craig. Sorry. <laughs> I, no, I think I think he's done a very good job since he's come in. Look, as a, as a professional player, you're not going to play to a top, top standard, you know, in every game. You're going to make mistakes. And personally, I don't think he... There he was he the worst player on the pitch on on Monday. I, you know, I I think that. Am I gone? Am I back? No, he's still there. Keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. So yeah, I don't think he was. The, I don't think you know. I don't think he was the worst player. I really don't. So look, you know, get off his back. I think he's a quality player to have around the team. And you know, listen, you know, he has done very very well for us. So no, stop with stop with the crap. He play, he look, he wasn't the worst player on Monday for sure. He was he, he was unbelievable against City in both games and unbelievable against Wolves. And people I, I the jury's out for him. I really do not understand how one game can change your mind about a player of that quality who we were raving about on the podcast saying you can see that he's got a touch of class that we've not seen in that position before in terms of his and, and Rika Henry, I'll still take Rika Henry over him, but in terms of his ability to get out of tight situations, his first touch, his, his tight control. We haven't seen that at Brentford. And they've like, people have just forgotten about it because of one poor performance against West Ham. He, he was trying his best to get himself sent off, though. I noticed in the first half with the descent, and he did it again in the second half in the far corner when he's shouting at the ref and he was already on the yellow card. Um, let's go on to Onyeka. <laughs> Dan, let's go to you and then we'll go to Craig and then we'll let Callum have the final say because I actually thought Onyeka had a good game, but he's the most polarising Brentford player, I think, in the history because you come out and you see people on Twitter saying he had a stinker. I thought he had a good game. I've seen other people saying that he that they thought he was one of the better players on the pitch. But let's let's go to you, Dan. What did you, what did you make of it? I think the reason he's so dividing is because he is good at some things, but then he also has flaws that a central yeah. midfielder shouldn't have. So in terms of like, I, I wasn't surprised that we started him against City the other day because I think off the ball, he's quite aggressive. He'll um, he'll go into tackles, you know, he'll, he's quite strong. 
Um, so he's, I, I'd say he's quite a good player to have when we don't have the ball. Even when we have the ball, he'll get us up the pitch a little bit because he does make those driving runs. Mm-hmm. But then it 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 really irritates me because then when it comes to actually releasing the ball, making that final pass, you know, having, having a shot on target, I just don't think he has the quality there at all. And for a central midfielder, I think that's one of the most important attributes that you need to be, you know, decent at. Um, so I think that's the frustration. And until he sorts that side of his game out, then he's never going to be like a regular starter, I don't think. Craig? He's one of a handful of players that can make the easy stuff look difficult and the difficult stuff look easy. <laughs> and there's only a handful of players out there that can do that. Um, and he's such an unpredictable player. In my head, he's so unpredictable because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing sometimes. He's like a like, like a deer in the headlights where the ball gets to his feet. No one knows which direction he's going to run in because he doesn't know which direction he's going to run in when he's got the ball at his feet. Um, I think it's easy to pick on him. I think it's easy to pick on him um, as just one of those players in midfield because it's often a focal focal point of 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 a lot of games. And you know, we lost this game in the middle of the park completely. I mean, we lost it everywhere really, but we lost the game in the middle of the park with the way that we were tracking players back. I didn't think Norgard had the greatest game. I didn't think Jensen had the greatest of games. I just think that. You know, there was only one, maybe two players who can come out of that game holding their head high. Mm-hmm. Callum Randersoff. I don't think he's one of them, by the way. Oh, right. Where do I start? I, he did not have a good game on Monday. He didn't. <laughs> I, I would have taken him off for half time, personally. Honestly. <laughs> honestly, I'm being deadly serious. I, he, the, he was creating so much space in the middle of that park. Like, if you watch him, sometimes I think he hasn't got a clue what position he's in. Like he's running, he's running to the left, he's running to the right. You know, I, he had a chance in the second half with a good save from Ariola. He was, he was like he was playing up front. Like it, this, this guy is. I mean, I love it. He's all over the pitch, great. But in in a scenario like that on Monday, we were creating so much space for West Ham in the middle of that park, and he and he doesn't track back. He doesn't mm-hmm. track back either, and. Personally, for me, that's the one thing I dislike about Frank. He, you know, he he could do so much. You know, he came in with so much potential, but he we haven't seen it at Brentford. I don't think we we've seen it in parts, but we haven't seen it fully. And you know, Monday was a big frustration. I mean, he's done it for Nigeria. I would have thought, yeah, kick on after what he did for Nigeria, the African Cup of Nations, but we haven't seen it. And personally, he's got to be dropped on Saturday now. Simple as that. I thought the thing that would have annoyed you the most is the fact you keep betting on him and he's not scoring. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a good memory, Craig. I gave up with that, honestly. Do you know what? If he scored on on Monday, then I would have had a few questions to... You know, that that one against City, that that header against City, from the away end, that looked literally goal-bound. I thought it was nestling before he'd even caught it. He had a Um, couple, didn't he? All our best chances against City came to him. Oh, the the first one when he goes through on goal and he just fucking p rolls it into the arms of Edison was just oh god. It, <laughs> it, in in terms of that midfield though, it kind of does. None of our midfield, and this isn't a reaction just because we're doing poorly this season. We've known Jensen's been bad defensively since we signed him. We know Frank Onyeka is one of those players, like you said, Craig, does the easy makes the easy stuff look hard and the hard stuff look hard stuff look easy. 
Um, Yanel, and I had a conversation with Josh, shout out Josh, if you're listening, after the game about Yanel. He's like a player that is a six out of 10 every game. He won't be terrible. He won't be amazing. But he, again, like him, it's another problem. Damsgaard, with his first assist since he signed for the club, De Silva's injured all the time. Baptiste, I don't know where he is. But it's like we went from being one of we went from in a position where you're looking at that midfield and there's so many options. So we're we're going into window saying we don't need strength in the midfield. But we have known for a while that none of these midfield like there's a big flaw in all of these midfielders. Like besides Norgard, maybe who I think has been probably one of if not our best player this season. We we honestly I would go into the window look I'd go into the window looking at a lot of players, but I'd say in midfield. We've we've we're trying to find a balance and it's just it's not there at the moment and with a couple of injuries it can just go tits up which has shown this season. Um, let's talk about KLP. Dan always always plays well when the rest of the team plays really shit and he's always playing out of position. I feel sorry for him because we haven't played in a in a back we haven't played in a back four in so long and his position as a he's a winger he's not a striker he's not a wing back he's a winger and I can't remember the last time he started a game there. But even still, he's still like he's put shift in every time he plays. Since he had that one goal against Villa, since then I think every time I've seen him play, he's been very, very good. So it's just it's just a shame that it just seems like Dan, whenever he plays well, the rest of the team just have a stinker. Yeah, it, it's it's so unfortunate as well that he's out of position all the time. I thought around Christmas time when we were doing terribly on the pitch, he was our best player, and I think possibly around then he may have started. I think he started up front in the front two. Um, next to more pay before Tony came back for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was one of our best players. And then obviously Tony's going to come back into the team. But if he's our best player at the time, why would you move the form player completely out of position to right back or left back? And I think he had a couple. He did have one or two games um, where he was almost non-existent. I think maybe at Tottenham he was he didn't have an effect on the game. But I didn't blame him for that. And I think if it, if you're looking at someone who... Obviously, he's been at Brentford for almost a couple of years now, and it's took taken him until now to really like start showing some of that promise. Um, but it's I don't think we're really helping him develop on that promise and you know keep pushing on when we're playing him out of position. And yeah, I a four three three would have been the way to do it on Monday, but it, it's very frustrating. Ivan Tony, Craig, we're gonna talk about him. I mean not his, and I feel like he is getting a lot of stick. Like his head, I don't, I, can't, I don't want to make assumptions about where his head's at, but like, I wasn't, I didn't watch the West Ham game and think he was our worst player by, by any stretch of the imagination. Like he was very, been a massive part in our first goal, and I, I, although there were times where he just does look a bit too lax, it's almost like he thinks he's too good, uh, and I know he is really good, but there were times when he was waiting for the ball and trying these little flicks. And it does come off when the team are playing well, but when we're right in the shit and we're looking like we might go down, it's just like not a game to be trying elaborate things on a football pitch. But just what did you make of it, Craig? I I didn't I didn't get to go to City away uh, midweeks, unfortunately. I didn't I didn't get to watch what happened up there. But I'd say it's the third in, in from what I've watched is the third game, possibly fourth game, including the city, in a row where he hasn't done anything and that includes the Wolves game the Wolves game we spoke about it afterwards obviously it was on a massive high because we'd actually won a game but we said Ivan Tony didn't actually do anything but he scored so he had a great game but when he's 
playing of a level in a level of mediocrity in which he did against Liverpool and he scored. He did against City, I think, and he did again yesterday. If that chance that he has, that diving header that he has, goes in the back of the net, we wouldn't be having this conversation again. We wouldn't be having mm. this conversation because we'd be saying he scored again, you know, four goals in six games. It's a great record. It's a good start. But he was poor. He was poor. And just to touch on on him and Christian Norgard, you know, that's our captain and vice captain on the pitch. But I feel like we still have from him and from Christian, who I love, by the way, a massive lack of leadership from the both of them when things aren't going our way. I just I just feel like since we lost Pontus, since mm. we lost Pontus, that level of leadership and, and that captain that you would expect to be in the face of the referee all the time or you know backing his teammates up. I don't I don't see I don't see a Pontus Janssen in Christian Norgard or Ivan Tony or anyone out there. I just feel like there's a massive lack of leadership in the team at the moment. I find it I find it difficult to slag Ivan Tony the player off. I, I can slag Ivan Tony the man off quite easily, but the player, just because I know how good he is and what on his day he's unplayable. But yeah, you're right. There's there's he scored what three out of his six? Is it three out of six now? Three and six. Um and you could argue that in four of those games he's been off the pace. So you know, we're hoping it turns around because we're gonna need him if we're gonna avoid this relegation fight. Um, and even if he starts, like he just needs he needs to build on the goals and also start actually dragging the team up the way he was in the previous two seasons. Let's let's final He'll point. He will score on mention. Saturday. He will score on Saturday. I'm telling you now. I'm <laughs> yeah, I've got me I've got me opinion in nice and early on that one. There you go. All right. We'll, we'll get on Saturday, Callum. You jump the gun. I want to talk about momentum because I was talking about it on the way out of the ground. Um, and no fault to anyone that left as soon as that fourth went in. I think the whole away end emptied when that fourth went in and don't blame anyone that did. I did. I think you did, Callum. Craig, did you left early as well? Oh, Dan, Dan was Dan was the only one that stayed. So fair. I stuck it out. <laughs> Idiot. There were some places I haven't seen, <laughs> seen leave a game in a very, very long time even leave on Monday. And that just shows the frustration of what was going on on that pitch. I mean, it, you know, it's... Uh, but look, it'll be forgotten if we win on Saturday. So come on, Brentford. Come on. Let's let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about momentum. We've, we've spoken about it briefly, but like the propensity of this team, Dan, to just switch off when one goes in, everyone's heads goes down, the momentum's with the home crowd, the fans get up, and you just you could just sense another goal coming. It happened with the first two in the first five, and it happened with the second two in the second half. And it's... I'm trying to I'm trying to get my head around it because I, I don't want to question the player's mentality when we concede a goal. But it might be to do with what you're saying about Craig about this lack of leadership. Is they, they only had they had that chat after we went two 0 down and it looked like looked like it reinvigorated us. But we got the goal and then we were kind of a bit shit again for the rest of the first half. We come out, they score against the run of play, and then we concede straight away. It's just the, we are so poor and have been all season at managing the momentum of games. When a team gets a goal and when the crowd gets up, Dan, it's just like we shy away from it. And it's almost like when one goes in, you almost know for certain that the next one's coming. Yeah, you're not going to win many games if you're conceding twos and only scoring no. one. 
because <laughs> um, I don't remember us really scoring twice um, in quick succession. It, it's it's really strange. I haven't really, I can't really remember a Brentford team that reacts so badly to going a goal down. And we've played at these stadiums now for a couple of years, so you know these stadiums aren't a new environment for our players now to play in, um, who have got Premier League experience. And we used to be so good at things like even like holding a lead and mm-hmm. managing certain parts of the game. It is just very strange. We really need to work on how to just manage a five-minute period when we're under pressure after we just conceded because yeah. it's damaging. Because if you take away, you know, again, if you take away certain periods of the game, so like the first six minutes, you know, it, it, just the first six minutes and we would have got a 2 to draw out of that. I know that's not mm-hmm. how it works, but we seem to be losing games in just short 10 minute periods which isn't isn't good at all no it's it's not a recipe for success um let's let's move on to bigger picture craig i'll come to you first obviously we got the news before the game that everton's points deduction had been reduced from 10 to 6 which leapfrogged them above us before we'd even kicked a ball on monday we've lost 12 of the last 15, which every time I see it on a graphic, it's like every media outlet has picked up on our form just in the last last week. I've seen it on The Athletic, I've seen it on Sky Sports, I've seen it everywhere. 12 of the last 15 we've lost. No draws in there, just losses. The next run of games, and you, you know, we kept we kept chatting about this February period, Craig, like it was it was gonna be hell. The next one, the next like four games after this, arguably even worse. I mean, we didn't have haven't got to play City twice, but Pull up the fixtures, Craig, and I'll come to Callum first. Relegation. Um, what, what, are you, what are you thinking, Callum? <laughs> I don't even want to think it because I said at the start of the podcast, uh, at the start of the season, that we'd be perfectly fine. And it, I've, I've had to bite my words on that one. I've had to bite my tongue. Um, listen, I think it's dangerous to say we've got the quality in our squad to stay up. You look at Leicester last season, as I've, t- I've said before. They added a remarkable squad last season with quality like Madison and still went down. Anything can happen. This is the thing. And you looked, and I, I look at Luton again last night. They lost 6-2, but they put such a resilient performance in against Man City in the Cup. Mm. You know, I I don't see that from us at the moment. I really don't see that from us. And what's going on off the field isn't helping with Everton, their points deduction, you know, now being reduced. And of course, Norgard was asked apart, asked this question uh, by Talksport and Sky Sports, saying, "You know, what is this doing? You know, to to how you plan things going forward?" And he said, it, "It's difficult because we are in a in such a position at the moment where we are looking at something like that that may impact our season." And then, of course, this next uh, predicament where you know they are going to have to look at Everton again and Forest. And uh, it may get decided after the season, you know, if we've stayed up by a few points, we may not know until after the season if that's going to be reviewed. So it's all up in the air. But I hope we don't go down. I really don't. I'd like to say we'll be okay. I think two out of the three have gone, obviously, with Sheffield United and Burnley. I can't see them getting out of it. But it's just that last position. Mm -hmm. And the question is whether we can stay out of it i don't know who knows who knows before, before i come to you with the next run of fixtures craig can i just say if if it if the premier league cock this up to the extent where games have finished at 38 games in 
and we still don't know who's going to get relegated because of the verdicts from Forest and Everton's points deductions. It is a monumental cock up. Like how I don't understand how they've done this. Um, it's wrong it, on every level. It's wrong on every no. level, but and it should it shouldn't it shouldn't be. We're supposed to be the best league in the world, and that I I you know how they can't decide between themselves as to you know when this punishment you know can be can be made as such, and you know I I, I it just doesn't make any sense, and you know it's it's a laughing stock really to be honest with you. Like you know we're going to have to wait a week or two after the season finishes if we are in that position, which again I hope we're not. To know if we will, you know, be whether playing in the Premier League or in the Championship, and you need to remember as well, players' contracts as well. You know, there, there's going to be things in there like relegation clauses. Now, of course, that won't come in until you know the month after, but still, you know, people are going to be planning ahead. Like it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. They should, they should, shouldn't be allowed to happen, really, Mike. To be honest with you, but look, they've got themselves into this position there, and they're going to have to sort it out. So, but. Could you see, you know, a t club like us or Luton or whoever it is, maybe even making a claim back to the Premier League uh, and going through the courts ourselves if we were in a position like that and we got relegated after the season? Because I don't think on sporting merit, that's very fair, personally. No. I think like, even when even when Norgob went on Sky Sports and he said, you're playing with, you're messing with people's lives, I don't even think he was referring to like the fact that Forest fans could survive on the last day of the season and then get a points deduction at the end of the season and go down. I think like that's that's the fucked up bit with me. Craig, Craig, let's let's go to you fixtures. Read them out. Let's let's hear our uh, fate. Our, <laughs> our our next six fixtures are. Well, actually, I'll say our last six fixtures are season. Oh god, I'm covering my ears, Craig. Honestly, <laughs> our last six fixtures are season defining compared to our next six fixtures. So our next six fixtures consist of Chelsea at home, Arsenal away, Burnley away. United at home, Brighton at home, and Villa away. The problem is, I see us having to go to Burnley and score three goals to get a point. <laughs> we're defending at the moment. Um, we're such a hot and cold football club, very much cold recently, but something could just switch and all of a sudden we win a few games on the bounce. I don't see that happening in our next six fixtures. Now, from the 13th of August, uh, April onwards is where we we make or break in our season we make or break because we play sheffield united at home luton away everton away fulham at home and bournemouth away and then newcastle at home the last game of the season now just while you guys were talking obviously we touched on the fact that we are three and fifteen um we've we are on 15 defeats this season. Only Burnley and Sheffield United have lost more than we have. We've lost the same amount of games as Luton. Luton are three wins in 12. Burnley and Sheffield United are three wins this season. So our, <laughs> our saving grace is other teams are losing at the same rate that we seem to be losing. And what will keep us in the Premier League is not us winning, but other teams losing by the looks of it. That's what's going to keep us in the division. We have to play Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, Everton, Bournemouth, Fulham, all up between now and the end of the season. So that's, mm -hmm. I know, and, and Chelsea. Chelsea are 11th. So we play 11th, 12th, 14th, 15th, 18th, 19th, and 20th. Well, 
Those are massive and those, games. Those are massive, massive, massive games for us, which are season defining. We're in a season defining moment. We're in a season yeah. defining moment at the moment. Hopefully, we'll have Pinnock and Mbumo back for those last that last six run of games. That will be pivotal. And Actually. just to go back to like our ability to be a good defensive team in a low block and our ability to hit people on the counter, we miss Mbumo so much because a low block's not just about being defensive because it makes when you're in a low block as it builds a space up in their back line. But we've got no pace to exploit it. It's how we've won against City when when we were in the low block and we were defending. Wissa gets clear sprints off the length of the pitch so do all of our players but it's just like we just miss Mbumo in that we just miss a front three we miss a front three I just I can't express it enough we've we got a front three, three there now that's the thing we have got a front three we've uh, got a front three we, we've got a front three I would drop more play I'm sorry Neil I think you're a great player but I seriously think we have got an, a front three there with pace we've got Potter to play on the left Wissa to play on the right and Tony through the middle what else do you want, honestly? I and, and then a midfield, which is capable of doing very, very well, and then a back four. There you go. We need we need to become hard to beat again. At the moment, teams are not having to play well to beat us. I didn't think West Ham were very good, but we were so, so poor that we made a mediocre performance from West Ham look like like a like a, a fantastic win you know liverpool at home yeah i i, I don't care liverpool at top of the league when we're gifting teams goals like that it doesn't matter who you're playing we did it against liverpool we did it against west ham we did it against wolves we are gifting teams at the moment far too many goals and we are not difficult to beat we are not difficult to beat and if we're having to go into games scoring three goals to possibly come away with a point what is going on? What is going on? It's not looking good, bro. It's not looking it's good. Not good. <laughs> I think we'll be all right at the end of it. I do. I do think we'll be all right. At the end. On, I think it's 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 um. I think I said on the podcast actually, like a month ago, that it will get worse before it gets better. And I think mm. if you actually look at the points difference, I still think we're we were about the same amount of points away from relegation before the difficult one we've had in terms of City twice, Liverpool, Tottenham. So. I think results have, have kind of gone our way during that period for the most part. So I think it's the way the, the fixtures fall to an extent because those last six or seven are big games and are games that, you know, I think we'll get enough points from those games. But yeah. obviously it's there's more jeopardy this season than there, there has been in the last couple of seasons. But I, I, I do think we'll be okay ultimately at the end of it. That's what we like to hear, Dan. Let's, let's table the West Ham chat, table the relegation chat. Callum, before that, should we talk about Benham? We haven't, I don't think we've done a podcast before the, I think it was old news, but I think Sky News picked it up again for some reason mm. that Benham's looking for potential buyers of the club. I didn't, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one because we all want the club to progress. We also want to progress under Benham, but I think he may, he's maybe come to a realisation that it's just not going to be possible without mm. investment and heavy investment. But we have seen how wrong 
investors can get it in terms of buying football clubs. We've seen it with Chelsea, although they've just scored to make it 3-2, which is not good for us. I was us. just going to touch upon <laughs> that. Never mind. I was looking forward uh, to another half an hour for them, but anyway. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's a tough... What, what did you guys make of the news? Callum, I'll, I'll come to you first. It's, it's a bit scary, but at the same time, I kind of found it a bit exciting as well. It was kind of a mix Absolutely. of emotions. Well, firstly, uh, as you said, Mike, I don't think it is any shock. I think he, it has been talked about... Uh, heard from a few people in the background um, saying, you know, Benham has possibly been, been looking either for a part share within the football club or to sell a majority stake, which uh, Sky were reporting the other day. Um, you know, personally, I would like to see something like it is with United at the moment where someone takes, a, you know, a, a stake where Benham still has a yeah. majority say on how the football club runs. And I, I personally think that is something that he, people would be willing to do. You know, we are a club that, you know, hopefully all goes well this season and we stays in the Premier League, but we are a growing club still. We are attracting a lot of players to the club and, you know, we are breaking transfer records every year as well. So I personally don't see a reason why he wouldn't want to, you know, sell maybe 20% or something like that, similar to, to United. Um, but it is exciting. I was sitting... I was sitting on holiday at the time and looking at this article from from um, Sky News and it being reported, live breaking news on Sky News going out to the whole country that, you know, Brentford Football Club was, you know, looking to, to be bought out in some way. I think it's very exciting. I would take anyone. You know, I it, it's a dangerous thing to say. <laughs> it's a very dangerous thing to you say. You slag. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I would I would honestly you look at the investment opportunities everywhere, Mike. I would say American businesses, fantastic businessmen, all free. You got the Qataris, look, your bid was failed with United. Why don't come put some money in us? You used to sponsor the roof at, at, at Griffin Park, so why don't you come and put some money into the into the club even more with 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 how we're doing at the moment? And we're still on the flight path. It's perfect. And we're still <laughs> on the flight path with a bigger ground, even better. There you go. So um, it's exciting. It is on, Craig. exciting. Craig, you come in. I, I can see you want to speak. I do want to speak. Yes. So uh, <laughs> sorry, after, after match week 19 on the back of five defeats, so this is just prior to the Nottingham Forest game, we were 19 played, 19 points, uh, four points above the relegation zone. We are now at 26 games played, 25 points to 20 points. We are, we are actually a point further away from the relegation zone. So it's perfect. But then before... <laughs> Before the run, which included Liverpool City twice. <laughs> so, Dan, you may be bloody right, mate. You may be right. Craig, I thought you were going to come in with a take on Benham. I thought we tabled so the relegation I. chat. <laughs> <laughs> Move on, on Craig. Move on. on. You're looking on the old Prem website, looking at matches played. Um, I was talking for that long that he's, he's not, been looking all this up, isn't it? No, I am. So, I am. Do not sell to an American. I'm sorry. Do not sell anything to an American because if we have a Chelsea repeat, then we could be in trouble. I know any money is good money, but please don't sell to an American. It's it's not as if they've got the best track record. I mean, FSG have done really well at Liverpool, but I mean, whenever these top six clubs go wrong, it's like the owners the owners' heads are supposed to be on plates. But the Glazers don't have a good record. Bournemouth, 
I can't really make my mind up about Bournemouth. They've they've done all right this season, and they're looking like they're, they're going to be well. more than safe. I, um, I, actually, I actually feel like Benham is doing this to actually enhance the club, not necessarily to get himself away from. Oh yeah, yeah. Negative situation. I just feel like he has to have some extra help, some extra investment to be able to push the club forward to the next step. And what's crazy in my head to say the next step for Brentford now is pushing for a European place. I know at the moment it's staying in the division and that's one hell of a leap from staying up to, to Europe. But the first two seasons that we've had in the division show that we are more than capable to push teams and push this division all the way. But we need an extra little bit of help. He needs that extra investment to get the big players that we do need across the line and bring them in. And I think that he's he's chosen the right time to do it. Yeah, 100%. I think he has either realised that we're not going to progress that next. And the thing is, he, he's a fan like us, so he's, he's going to want the club to progress. And he's probably must have just come to that. He won't sell it to just anyone. He won't sell yeah. anything to yeah. just anyone. I think ideal situation is that he sells to wealthy investors, but he still has some form of advisory because no one that knows the club better than Benham. So we don't want him to. We sell don't want to him to sell it to Jota. That's what we want. I was thinking exactly that. <laughs> you beat me to it, Dan. His company is forecast to gross over three billion in 2024. Yeah. Well, there Cal we go. There we go. Job done. Bye, Brentford. Thanks, Yotta. <laughs> right, yeah. Callum, let's let's go for, let's do your player ratings quickly and then we'll go on to Chelsea. This is a new segment. Callum's ridiculous statement of the week. I feel like it would probably come from the player ratings. So you rattle them, rattle through them and just Watch the facial expressions of us all when he does this. Right. So, well, Flecken, he didn't really have very much good to do. So, I'm going to give him a five. Um, Zanka, I'm going to give a four. Um, Aya, I'm going to give a four. Aya's me, recently. me, I'm going yep. to give a me. I'm giving a three. That's because you left early. <laughs> As did everyone else. He left early um, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Pot, I'm giving an eight. I thought he was very, very good, as we all know. Onyeka, I'm giving a three. Um, Norgard, I'm giving a five. Jensen, I'm giving a three. Regulon, I'm giving a four. Tony, I'm giving a five. Morpe, I'm giving a five. So, yeah, do you know I, what, Callum? I, I'm to a man, I think that was actually quite good. So well done, very well done. For once, I just think sure. that you know I don't like to be too harsh on the show, Mike. So you know it's uh... <laughs> once we get off of these, they were all rubbish. They haven't got turns. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said you said someone should have been hooked at half time earlier in the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, listen, uh... he should have been taken off at half time. But anyway, never mind. We won't see him on Saturday because he'll be on the bench. I'm sure of it. Let's let's go on to Chelsea, Dan. As we're recording, they've just beat Leeds three two in the FA Cup. I was I had it in the rundown that they're coming into the game off the back of the loss in the final, but even still, not the most convincing win against Leeds. Um, how are you feeling ahead of it? How important is it? Because I feel like of the games that Craig just rattled through, Chelsea and Burnley, it's a similar one to Wolves and West Ham. Those are the games where we might nick something. What are you thinking? It's a weird one, isn't it? Because. I still think of Chelsea as like the name, but they're not really what they used no. to be. Um, they're essentially a mid-table team now. Um, we've got a decent record against them. 
Um, I think they do tend to struggle against teams who are, well, we're, we're normally solid defensively, but they, they do struggle against teams who they find difficult to break down. So if we go in the back five, which I think we probably still will, although I'm not sure we should, I think if we defend competently, then they will find us quite difficult to break down. They don't have a real goal scorer in their team. Um, so there's a chance. And obviously we've got to not just sit back. We've got to attack at the right times. We've got to, um, you know, have an outlet, a way of counterattacking. We've got to be solid at the back if that's the way we're going to do it. But there's a chance. At home, there's a chance against most teams. And, you know, if, if we play like we did against uh, Man City, for example, then, you know, we'll get something against Chelsea because they're, they're not on that level. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think good point that you make about our record against them, but in the reverse fixture, we were a lot more defensively solid and we also had Brian Abumo to be that outlet when we were counter-attacking. So, is it, Craig, you've got strong thoughts about Chelsea. I know you're one of the Chelsea... Well, you're a Chelsea hater. I, I don't really care for them that much, but I think you you're, you feel quite strongly about them. So, how are you feeling going into it? I just don't like them. The whole <laughs> The whole ethos as a football club, I just don't think they're. I just don't. I just don't like them. You know, I know a few Chelsea fans, and they're they're great people. But don't like them either. You know, just I don't like the ethos as a football club. I just feel like you never hear anything positive about them. Um, I I I agree with what Dan's saying. Everything what Dan's saying, but my concern is we if we go into the game as a back five. We are not going to have to out concede them to win the game, we're going to have to outscore them to win the game. And I know that's a real stupid thing to say and a really obvious thing to say, but I don't have confidence in us as a back five to go and play defensively well when teams are finding not, not pockets of space in our defense, gaping holes of space mm -hmm. in the defense in a defensive back five. And if we make it easy for, a, for for any team, you know, we made it easy for West Ham, we made it easy for Wolves, we're going to make them look good. We're going to make them look good with the defensive frailties that we have if we don't figure it out. If we go into the game with a back five, I don't see us getting anything, unfortunately. We need to mix it up. We need to change it up. And there's no better time than the now to change it. There's no better time. Callum, round us out, mate. Round us out. Uh, well, I couldn't put anything better myself if I'm being honest with you. But uh, I think, listen, I think, I think Chelsea are there for the taking on on Saturday. Um, I think we can we can do it. I think it's going to be a close run. Um, I think, listen, one one or two nil, I will take again happily. Clean sheet is a must. Let's kick on. Let's go and beat Chelsea. And let's go and get, you know, let's go and get those three points. Let's do it, Brentford. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> What's let's like that guy on? Let's do it. I think we can. Look, let's just, look, let's just, let's just get behind the team. As I've said before on the podcast, the, the, the players need us a lot at the moment. So let's just get behind them. No, no, no. I, I'm just I laugh. I love it every time because my old man has said to me, Callum loves a kick on. Let's kick on. He loves a kick Let's on. go. Let's go. Let's kick on. Let's kick on. I think that'd be a good point to 
good place to run off. The Eden Road podcast will be back tomorrow with a preview of the Chelsea game from a Chelsea fan's perspective. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And in the meantime, drop your thoughts in the comment section. How worried were you with the result about with the result of West Ham? Can we nick a win against Chelsea? Callum thinks we can. How do we set up against West Ham? Craig reckons we're going to four. I'm not sure how much how realistic that is, but we want to know anyway. So drop your comments below. And just before we get going, remember to subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channels, and also give us a follow on our socials as at Elam Road on Twitter and at Elam Road Pod on Instagram. Chaps, it's been a pleasure. Let's go get three points on on Saturday, hopefully. Podcast Network.